0: Hello fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to this very special horoscope looking at 2022. We're doing things a little bit differently here in that I have my beautiful and wonderful friend Michael Barwick that you are used to seeing on this channel. Now Michael and I are going to talk about some of the big transits coming up ahead. I'm going to ask Michael also what he thinks about uh, what each sign can expect. So he will touch on each sign as well. So let's not wait too much because really Michael Barwick is a superstar astrologer. He's one of the very few people in the world that I consider my astrologer. He's just that good. You've seen him on my channel so many times. You certainly have seen him at Synchronicity University teaching very popular classes as well. So welcome, Michael. Thank you for being here.
1: Always a pleasure to spend time with you, Nadia. We have so much fun.
0: I know, don't we? Now, those of you who don't know, because of course Michael Barwick is an open book. If you follow him online, you know. But Michael literally had open heart surgery two months ago, has been in and out of hospital, and just got out of hospital two days ago. Look at him. He looks incredible, doesn't he? How are you feeling, Michael? I'm so proud of you. Let me just say that. You're such a strong cookie, tough cookie.
1: (laughs) I'm feeling pretty good. I'm still recovering. A recovery, is a lifestyle from a a life-changing operation like that but um, uh, you know there have been a few hiccups along the way but um, I've been resting the last couple of days and just uh, you know um, uh, taking it easy from being just out of the hospital and am working you know here and there on catching up with all the things that I've been ignoring for so long, if you know what I mean.
0: Yes. Focusing on yourself though is so important. So I'm glad you're getting a chance to do that. Obviously your recovery is going well because uh, you are doing so well and you know how important you are to me. I just couldn't be, I couldn't be more grateful that you are vibrant and healthy and Uh, Here to look forward to another year of improving health. I'm hopeful for
1: 2022 on a lot of levels. I think that um, current circumstances can perhaps be best described as the storm before the calm. That's my hope Mm -hmm. Um, that um, we will see a brighter year ahead than we had with the, you know, the, the intricacies of. Uh, 2021, um, uh. <laughs> surviving uh, variants yeah. and mutations.
0: Yeah, I'm really hopeful for that as well, Michael. Um, I think that it is um, promising, at least if I think back to what happened the last time Jupiter went into Pisces, literally to the day the CDC announced that if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And literally to the day, because Jupiter just went back into Pisces like yesterday, And it was yesterday that different countries started announcing sort of similar things if you've had three shots if you've had your full vaccination and a booster then you're okay uh, to go out and not wear a mask but other places seem to be closing down like quebec for example Uh, so what do you think our journey is going to be in regards to the variants and and the way in which i know a lot of people are really wanting life to feel normal again in a way that it hasn't felt in about two years
1: Well, Pisces is a sign that we associate with feeling because it's a water sign. And Jupiter is a planet of optimism and buoyancy. Now, Jupiter, you know, comes along and there is this tendency in astrology to certainly for beginners to think "Ah, I've got a Jupiter transit. It's like, you know, I'm going to win the lottery. Um, You know, and we soon find out that plotting what Jupiter's gonna do for us is a little more uh, tricky than that because Jupiter may have better plans for us than winning the lottery, as lovely as that sounds to us in our very materialistic 21st century culture. Um, but Jupiter in Pisces does represent uh, a time of Jupiter getting out of Saturn's influence as Saturn rules Aquarius and um, going into a sign that it owns, it rules, it's at home there and so I think Collective feeling, a sigh of relief uh, is part of that process. Jupiter really is the big story of 2022 in a lot of ways because um, uh, the planet moves so quickly through Pisces and into Aries and then dipsy doodles back into Pisces again. And then finally uh, we'll be in Aries. So, so, uh, you know, while it's in Pisces, um certainly um, there's there's lots to do in terms of of uh you know one's dreams one's hopes one's aspirations um but to outline too much what jupiter is the good that jupiter is doing is usually a mistake it's better to go deeper than that and to take into account um you know the deeper sense of buoyancy and lift Uh, in terms of one's perspective that Jupiter has to offer, in this case, on the emotional level. This is why I say that, you know, from the the astrology of it, like, I obviously don't know that things are going to be better, but from the astrology of it, it certainly looks so, even though there are, of course, some contraindications. Um, You know, it's part of astrology is that there's a dance all the planets are doing and they're all in a conversation. So, you know, it's not, it's never perfect. It's never ideal, but it's certainly better than, um, than last year for sure.
0: Yeah. Last year, all that difficult Saturn, Uranus squaring, um, each other kind of energy. I think that this year could be quite the relief. You mentioned Jupiter in Pisces, Well, look, let's just jump into it. That very big uh, celestial sky taking place at the end of April, right? We have got, really it's a triple conjunction of Neptune, Venus, and Jupiter. Jupiter exactly conjunct at the exaltation point of Venus, with Venus. And under the light of a solar eclipse, and that solar eclipse isn't far from Uranus, it's sextile Mars as well. Pluto is station retrograde. So there's just so much going on as we get to the last days of April. How do you understand all of that energy there?
1: Well, I think there is, there is certainly an urge in the collective towards greater liberation, greater freedom, greater expansion, a sigh of relief in many ways is how I'm reading Jupiter in Pisces. Um, it's, it's, and certainly, um, uh, you know, obviously I don't know what the, the mundane worldly events will be when Jupiter conjuncts Neptune conjuncts Venus, but um, it's it's worthy to point out that Saturn squares the nodes at approximately the same time. So again, we have this complicated dance of you know the the huge upswelling of collective feeling that Jupiter Neptune Venus represents and a hopeful uh, pure vision of where things can go. If that can be manifested in the immediate situation, the immediate context, that's difficult to know, and that's for each of us to sort of find. But that mid-April point is a time to sort of use the Saturn piece of it to, to consolidate, to build, to anchor what it is that that this this up this up upsurge of feeling, of hope, of of optimism, of a vision, of a dream that we want individually and collectively to manifest.
0: And so the Neptune, Venus, Jupiter, triple conjunction is that very hopeful energy that you're speaking about, that, that feeling, if you will, um, a collective feeling of believing that all is healed or everything's gonna be okay. So how do you think that the Taurus eclipse Fits into uh, the fact that it's happening simultaneously with this triple conjunction. Well, you see, this is the thing.
1: You know, as you know, I got, I got, I got married. Uh, oh in yes! August.
0: Congratulations as well. So we should make sure Thank to mention you. Michael Barwick got married to his longtime partner, and I'm so happy for you. I watched it online.
1: <laughs> yeah, in August I got married, and at one point we were you know should we delay should we go ahead with the date that i'd so carefully picked but um we realized or at least i realized when ivan said could we find another date i went well so a lot of activity this year in terms of from an eclipse perspective activates uranus particularly the eclipse on the 30th of april um april is a busy month right like there's a lot of Buzz, buzz, buzz to April in terms of just uh, important things that are happening. We've already got the Jupiter, Neptune, Venus. Then we've also got the Saturn square the nodes, and then we've got the eclipse. Just transit, just trigger Uranus, and I think Uranus, uh, and later on, Uranus will conjunct the node, and and I think that this sort of represents a kind of a, of a you know. Um, a highly stimulated group of people, is sort of the image that I have for it. I think that Uranus here is, is you know, the pent up demand for freedom, for liberation, for breaking the bounds of, of confinement and containment um, will become irresistible um, at that point. Um, how much Saturn is prepared to let us get away With that is to be seen because we've already seen with Saturn Uranus that it coincided with the rise of uh, Omicron and all the the waves of Omicron that are sweeping the planet. Um, I think it's fair to say that, um, you know, activating Uranus activates um, the collective need for liberation, freedom and and perhaps even some kind of sense of alliance or or coming together in a way, Um, this is not necessarily on one side or other of the political spectrum. It'll be all sides of this political spectrum. We'll want to group up. We'll want to come together um, uh, with Uranus uh,
0: conjunct the node. Well, I'm really excited about that Um, for sure. Now the exact conjunction of Uranus and the North Node actually takes place right around July 31st. The eclipses certainly are activating uh, the nodes, of course, uh, as they do, but or or deeply involve the nodes. But the exact conjunction of Uranus happens to the North Node July 31st. What have you uh, garnered about that particular part of the year? It's important
1: to recognize with any astrological piece of information that there are many, many levels for it to play out, both collectively and individually and I think that um, I think that it's really important for us to find find our group find our way back into social life I think that's what Uranus Uranus represents that sort of collective uh, you know that collective sense of of grouping with the node and I think it's it's a, a large focus will be how do we socialize with each other, how do we interact with each other, living as we probably will be with this endemic, um, you know, the novel coronavirus won't be so novel anymore. Many of us will be vaccinated and boosted to deal with it. Um, The question is how, you know, how we're going to live with it. And I think that, you know, it's a pull me, push you kind of thing. It's like on one level we feel like i want to be to do and free and liberated and uh, you know and there may be some restrictions that are difficult to get rid of or there may be some some um remaining pieces of it to to uh to resolve certainly i think it's fair to say not all parts of the world will receive or re- respond the same to these transits and will be in different contexts or different situations based on their own um, their own country and their ability to get the vaccines and so forth. But I think that I think that in general Uranus to the node is a positive thing like I think it's a good thing I think it's I think it spells you know. Um, a, a Coming together of the people and I have great respect for the people and believe most firmly that. um. A coming together is what's required.
0: That's very powerful. It's interesting that um, Uranus will conjunct the North Node in the sign of Taurus, which is very practical, right? It has to do with the economy as well, like what makes sense, uh, what's going to move us forward in a very practical way, including economically. And as much as I see Uranus about the collective and gathering, I also see it as having a very strong dichotomy, like the sign of Aquarius, um, where at once it is about the collective, but it's also highly individual. That's part of its uh, representation as, you know, being eclectic or quirky. Um, that are those are some qualities that we associate with Uranus as well. So it should be interesting to see how we are encouraged to gather so that there can be empowerment that affects us individually as well as collectively, but especially in very practical ways and economical ways as well.
1: Yeah, I think Taurus ultimately is trying to, (laughs) as best it can, ground out this this live wire, which is Uranus. And to be fair, I mean, Uranus through any sign um, causes uh, you know, causes a, a disruption to that sign, like it, it disrupts economies. It just, I mean, in the, in the sense of what Taurus represents, if Taurus represents, one of the things that represents is money. if we go that route with it, um, you know, there's a certain amount of financial instability that, that, that Uranus and Taurus suggests. Um, or perhaps new ways of doing money, new ways of doing finance, and certainly we're seeing some of that with cryptocurrency and, and you know, these kinds of things. Um, so there's exciting developments that are happening in terms of, of, um, of you know, where, think, where the frontier is, but Taurus as a principle is, in a way, Uranus kind of perverts what it touches, It just, it's its nature. And it you know it, it as it goes through there's certainly i think um one of the th- we're called to task about what we own what we what our possessions are, what our attachment to the material world like as a general rule this is this is what we're we're called to attend to, obviously um in different places in people's horoscopes you'll get um you'll get that but um I think it's really important to understand that Uranus is in a way um, has to be stepped down like it's Saturn's a good thing like it's a very good thing that Saturn's still around, trying to stabilize things trying to contain things trying to protect us because we need protection, we need to look after ourselves, we need to, it can't be just, you know, run around willy nilly or the consequences could be, you know, depending on what the odds are. Uranus is like, you know, a bit of a gambler, you know, whatever the odds are, what the probability is, um, you know, you're taking risks. And and to some degree, we all are taking risks. We all have to calculate that risk personally, in terms of, of coming out of Saturn Uranus last year, we're trying to figure out co- what's our comfort level, comfort zone, in terms of people interacting with people and in what contexts we do that
0: so michael on november 8th we are going to have the last eclipse of the year also in the sign of taurus now that eclipse will exactly conjunct uranus but it's going to be part of a t-square uh we have an opposition venus and mercury and we have a square to saturn sort of anchoring this larger t-square how do you interpret that eclipse that's going to be uh, coming up November 8 of 2022?: Well, kind
1: of maybe chaotic um, for people individually. I mean, my sense of eclipse is people get kind of freaked out about eclipses um, and have historically gotten freaked out about eclipses, and I tend to look at them as kind of supercharged. Uh, full uh, supercharged new and full moons um, and not necessarily more drama than trauma usually like there may be trauma in the world but for most individual be if it's anything will be drama and if it's drama it'll be because there's something that it's activating. Now, in this case, it's an argument. As you know, to use your favorite metaphor about the stars and their conversations with one another, it's a dynamic configuration involving Saturn, Uranus, and Mercury, and Venus. So, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of players in the game talking about their situation and um, to each other and disagreeing with one another. And as I said, Uranus is this very sort of individual creative spirit that is transforming tourists and Saturn's trying to, you know, hold apex and Saturn is trying to, you know, is, is dominant, um, since it's in its own sign and, you know, traditionally, and, um, it has, it has the upper hand. I mean, Saturn in Aquarius has been incredibly strong and incredibly limiting to all of us, um, in terms of how, what we've gotten from it. So um, I would, fare, I would, uh, you know, it's going to be, it'll be, um, it'll be interesting, as they say, it'll be exciting. It's an exciting eclipse. Um, I, you know, I think that, that um, when there's a lot of dynamism in, in an eclipse chart, it can indicate events. There's no question that events can come out of that. But I think for most people, under most circumstances, it'll be sort of An urge to sort of, hey, let's get this—you know, this is getting a little too out of control, right? On one hand, or maybe, who's controlling me? Who's, who's, you know, who's, you know, who's the people who are pulling the strings? Where is, why am I, you know, why am I curtailed in terms of what I can do? So that's the kind of struggle that it represents, and that's what the struggle has been with, with, um, with Saturn, Uranus um all along and the reality is even though we're past the square by the book you know it doesn't the exact there's no more exact passes that doesn't mean we're done with it like we know this from from individuals who have transits from the big collective planets like uranus or neptune or pluto um, and I think you know that that often the changes that they bring take time to sort out what has happened. Um, you don't necessarily can see it immediately in terms of the transformation that it's bringing to your life. I mean, I I certainly have been going through transits and and have gone through you know transformation and and I'm still going through transformation and it's it's. Um, it's something we're all called to do is to adjust, adapt, grow, uh, and and grow into a fully more fully ourselves. And I think that that's part of what Uranus wants us to do in a very individual unique way. And I think that Saturn is very much trying to, uh, control that. So the Saturn Uranus square isn't over is what that tells us. And so there may be more stuff kicking around that we're going to have to watch out for. There may be, but I think it's more I don't think it's as 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 critical to the year as some of the other things we've talked about, particularly with Jupiter. Um, as Jupiter goes through uh, Pisces, it makes aspects to all the collective planets plus the node. So, it you know, and 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 Pluto, um, Pluto will trine it this year. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to that sort of sense of collective will or collective direction or collective grouping that, that, um, that the eclipse, isn't going to stop. It just may be a particularly traumatic time, um, for some, but the vast minority in November, yeah, yeah. Yeah. there may be around that time. There may be some things that flare up that are disturbing, but for most people, if there's anything, it'll be more of a drama type thing rather than a trauma type thing.
0: Okay, so let's move on. I want to be sure that we touch on the eclipses that are going to be happening in Scorpio before we move on to talk a little bit more about Jupiter in Aries. So the first eclipse in the sign of Scorpio is going to happen May 16. Now, that eclipse is going to be uh, trine Mars conjunct Neptune. It's going to sextile Pluto, but it's going to square Saturn. There's a lot going on with that Scorpio mm-hmm. uh, total lunar eclipse that is going to be taking place in May. How would you interpret that energy? Scorpio, total lunar well, eclipse, wow. Uh, well,
1: score, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think Scorpio sort of, you know, uh, brings to light, you know, and, and you know, the, the the story about Scorpio is that, you know, it scratches the surface and finds something something negative um, where it's really meant to go deeper like there's there's a level of which the scorpio um, the scorpio uh, energy when it's activated is something that inclines us to sort of look more deeply into whatever it is that's coming up whatever it is that we're facing so again saturn is kind of a spoiler saying oh no you don't or within the confines of um, these parameters or maybe just maybe we can take saturn and maturely define what this is for ourselves bring structure and order to this ourselves to 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 cooperate with the the consolidation and the the revealing of the form that is below the surface that requires attention or transformation. So, so the, the, it's a, it's a tough alignment of planets, but, but, um, in that sense, but, um, there's good things in there too, with Mars Neptune. So I, there's, there's, there's a way, usually when there's a trine, there's a way around the most difficult part of it. And again, Mars Neptune points to what's your dream. What are your, what is your vision of you in the future? where are you going this is the question we all have to ask ourselves in light of you know two years underground <laughs> you know emerging into the light uh, i think um you know that's 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 one of the one of the the realities it's like i don't know what your experience has been but in canada it's you go out socially and you, you just don't know how to be because it's like you haven't you haven't done that. You haven't been in restaurants. You haven't, you know. It's a, it's just a, it's just a whole sort of adaptation. And I think these eclipses point to, you know, a more personal, transformative energies that coincide with opportunities for people to to make changes to themselves, to make changes in terms of where they're going, to dig deeply into what their vision is and to be able to find the motivation and energy to pursue it.
0: So October 24 will be the second uh, eclipse in Scorpio at the very early degrees of Scorpio, a solar eclipse. Now that eclipse is going to conjunct Venus, but other than a quincunx to Jupiter, I don't think it's making any major aspects to other power players i like to call them power players i mean other big planets so how would you interpret that energy
1: well you know it sounds like a potentially hot time for some people some people for sure like you know uh, sexy venus in scorpio is considered not doing so well there but but um activated by the eclipse there's there's um you know a very sort of seductive energy to the air if that's the sort of purity of the, the eclipse in terms of the the positions that it's at um, you know uh, it's it's a time for for people to to uh, Again with Scorpio to dig deeply into what their desire is what what it is that they're attracted to what it is that they want Right, Venus is always what we were attracted to what we want What, you know, those things that, 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 and maybe some of those things are kind of taboo or forbidden, which is another Scorpio thing. And such, uh, for some people, it might be disturbing for those things to come up. But for others, it might be, you know, as I said, it might be time to invite somebody over. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's really um, individual in terms of how people will work with it and how people understand Scorpio. A lot of people find Scorpio tough. Um, because it's, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's an energy that, that like all the water signs has to appear much stronger than it is, uh, you know, much more armored than it really is, um, to protect itself. So, so there could be some turbulence with that, the martial turbulence with that, but uh, and some interpersonal dynamics that may go astray. But I would think that if you, the conscious, the conscious astrologer, the conscious, person who knows what the stars are telling, can take advantage of whatever energy and harvest it for their own purposes to advance what it is that they do. That's why I do what I do with astrology. So, so, you know, um, perhaps I'm showing my love for the occult subject of astrology um, when discussing Scorpio, but, but I think that that I think that if you follow what you love during that eclipse, you can't really go wrong, right?
0: Yeah. And especially if you're really honest about what you love, you can't go wrong with that energy. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Jupiter and Aries. Now, I always sort of like just before or right around the time that A planet is making a major move like changing signs or starting a retrograde season. I like to do a special horoscope and that'll be coming up later in the year. But I'm so curious to know your thoughts about this. What do you think that transit from mid May to October 28 this year of Jupiter stepping into uh, the energy of Aries and going right to, I believe, eight degrees of Aries before stationing retrograde. Um, How do you understand that transit that's happening for a good chunk of time in the middle of the year? The thing about Pisces
1: is that it's so big. It's about if the water signs really are about intimacy, bonding and deep feeling. So Cancer, it's with your family and Scorpio, it's with the intimate other you know, in terms of your partner, then Pisces is the universe or God or, you know, whatever your understanding of the higher forces are, that you commune with that. Um, And Jupiter loves that stuff. Like, there's no question, Jupiter is a religious principle, not in the sense of Jupiter wants you to go to church necessarily, but a religious principle, in the sense that Jupiter wants you to find meaning in your circumstances. So, so you know, we're looking at the situation before us with Jupiter and Pisces. What does this mean for us? Where are we going? What's happening? Jupiter in Aries is a totally different flavored beast. It's go go go, and whatever it touches in Aries is going to be um, is going to be excited and expanded and and pushed. To take action uh, on whatever creative possibility Jupiter brings along because that's what Jupiter does it's creative possibility, which you may or may not want to do anything about. um, Depending on what it is, but but Jupiter in Aries represents a more focused uh, focused approach to Jupiterian expression more about what do I need to do for my own growth, development and expansion? So I think that, that again, this, this sense of 2022 that I have of, that we will, to some extent, uh, we will disentangle ourselves more from the circumstances in which we found ourselves that Jupiter and Aries represents a time in which let's go, let's, let's do this. Let's jump into it. Let's go forward. Let's, you know, Aries, the big thing, you know, let's set targets and and achieve them.
0: And so, I mean, I love the the way of understanding this as really beginning again, fresh energy that I think so many people are gonna be really excited about with Jupiter in Aries. Okay, Michael, well, let's talk about the Mars retrograde season uh, that is gonna be starting this year, taking us into uh, next year as well, before I ask you to give us a little bit of insights into the individual signs. And so it is going to be September 4 that Mars goes into shadow, and it is going to be October 30th that Mars goes retrograde, not going direct until January 12th of 2023 and then March 17, leaving shadow in 2023. Now, what I find really intriguing about this energy is that throughout October and November, Mars in Gemini is basically just hanging out, squaring Neptune. Like That's the big energy I see playing out there is that square to Neptune, that free-floating energy of confusion. Um, how are you understanding as you look at this larger Mars retrograde season that we are going to start at the beginning of September, how do you understand and interpret this energy?
1: Well, Neptune, Neptune is a difficult energy for most people. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it represents an area of life that is truly inaccessible, this well of collective feeling. So, so when you have a long-standing aspect from Mars like this, and Mars uh, has so much to do with personal action, volition, moving forward, cutting your way through to where you need to be, these are the kinds of things that Mars is, is about. Retrograde, squaring Neptune, Maybe there's some things that you thought you had figured out that you didn't figure out that you need to figure out Um, Sometimes Neptune can be kind of this big sort of uh, um, Although more with Jupiter, but it can be kind of you know this great inspiration But uh, inability to actually be able to manifest is like when you actually get what your dream is down to earth it's full of flaws and 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 blemishes that that it didn't have in your imagination. So Mars-Neptune could be a period in which people are working towards an ideal of some kind, right? It could be a time when people are taking action in terms of for their own their own connection to the cosmos like their own spiritual discipline their own spiritual being a spiritual warrior if you will um is is kind of the flavor of it and that you know i always encourage clients that in a way it might not be under neptune that the ideal thing to take action Uh, it might be better to dream of the actions that you want to take or review the actions that you want to take, look at your plans, um, and redo the things that come up that need to be, oh, this is not quite as solid as we thought it was. Um, so it's, it's it'll be a confusing, it's a confusing time. Um, it'll be a, you know, bright red Mars at Halloween, though, for sure, because um, it's retrograde Mars is closer to the Earth and brighter. Uh, and usually there's some Commentary in the press about Mars being brighter um, During the retrograde passage. I think it's fair to say that Mars retrograde um, is uh, You know it represents uh, that time in terms of interpersonal interpersonal relationships where we're looking at how we assert ourselves how we direct ourselves how we um, Go after the things that we want and the square to Neptune is well or have you transcended what you want? Have you have you reached a higher place about what you want? Because maybe what Neptune wants you to be is beyond what you want. Yes,
0: and I think that look—it's uh, Mars and Gemini squaring Neptune. I think that there is just going to be a lot of misinformation out there. That is the the main way in which I'm seeing this gossip and. Uh, confusion and conspiracy and and things like that. And most of it is just not going to be true. It's just not going to be accurate. Um, And more personally, I think more of us are going to have to be very mindful of our own mental health in particular. This is Mars in the sign of Gemini, after all, squaring Neptune as well. So it should be interesting to see how this energy works out for the collective, you know, what we come to understand about ourselves uh, along the way, Mars will station direct sextile Jupiter and Chiron. So I'm hoping that that brings clarity at the very least because things could get very confusing. Because Neptune in Pisces
1: has not been, you know, um, particularly, well, it's been a mixture of things, but, but one of the things that's been around is sort of misinformation and, and 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 a lot of paranoia, sort of feelings in the collective that that you know um, that are you know, projections, individual projections. Um, you know, I think it's really important to believe that um, the vast majority of us, um, at all levels are doing the best that we can under the circumstances in which we find ourselves Um, so when we are dealing with something like neptune which is confusing yeah we have to find ways to trust but we have to find a way to listen to our own inner voice our own authentic uh, our authentic drive to be and assert who we are to get the most out of mars and you know it's really It's good for writing poetry, Neptune, Pisces. I mean, uh, Neptune, Pisces and and Mars in Gemini. It's good for writing poetry. It's good for getting your thoughts on paper. It's good for sketching the dream that you wanna build or where it is you wanna go. Um, But I'm not so sure it's gonna be a time when you're gonna get much done.
0: That's a great way to put it. It might not be a time when we get much done individually and collectively as well. So whatever you got to do, try to do that as early in the year as possible, <laughs> because once we navigate to those later days of the year, or later mm-hmm. months, really, of the year, um, yeah, just we could end up making ourselves go in circles if we expect uh, to have very strong outcomes, at least you know, yep. I like to think you had said something along the lines earlier about, you know, how things sort of work out. And I like to think that there's a wisdom to everything and how it comes together. Of course, I do have a Sag moon. So, of course, I would think that. Um, but I think that it's interesting to me after we have these very powerful Uranian energies, right, that we end up as a collective having to experience, um. Mars and Gemini retrograde or station retrograde um, squaring Neptune. I think it's such a contrast because Uranus is such an energy of of truth, right? Of like a very empirical, Mm -hmm. rational truth. But Mars and Gemini square Neptune is like, almost like the opposite energy, right? It's like anything but truth.
1: Well, it's 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 unfortunate that we humans tend to manifest Neptune in ways that that are less than truthful. Um, and I think that it's, you know, and, and w- not only just in terms of in terms of who we are, not in terms of who other people are or what we're doing, but also in terms of who we are, that we don't see ourselves clearly and Neptune is 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 you know is a fog like it's like i don't see clearly i saw a client fairly recently who was undergoing a neptune transit and talked and 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 um this person was very um you know confused because um they have no idea where they're going and under neptune and it's like the astrologer you know i'm able to say this is when it's happening why it's happening and when it's going to be over um, but I think that, on the other hand, we get the transits we need, like not just personally, but collectively as well. We needed these things, we need these, these interactions, um, we need these events, we need these planetary energies, and they represent a source for us to draw on, a, something that we can do something about. If we have the knowledge, we can navigate using the celestial signposts to go where it is we wanna go. That's the most important thing.
0: Okay, Michael, before I let you go, I do want to, invite you and ask you to go through the 12 signs Uh, what are some important themes maybe you know a sentence or two or three for each sign uh, about what they can expect this coming year so let's start with Aries what do you think their uh, 2022 may be like or what should they be on the lookout for
1: well Aries I think is moving towards a greater clarity like I, I think that 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 um uh, there's kind of a, a bubbling under the surface that may or may not be aware of um but c- coming at, into 2022 there will be an ability to be able to set realistic targets and and uh, pursue them um taurus or taurus taurus of course is having an exciting time and um, I, I think that the exciting times will continue for Taurus, but there are a lot of, and some of it is disruptive, no question about it. But I think that there are powerful opportunities, uh, more than powerful opportunities, there, you're being powerfully transformed Taurus. And it's best to go along with it. It's best, as difficult as it is for Taurus, to accept change, it's necessary at times for Taurus to change. And when Taurus changes, it's a big deal. It doesn't move like in little increments. It moves one quantum level to the next quantum level. It's up, you know, one place to the next place. And I think that um, the year provides, um, provides an opportunity to be able to work with those energies and move them forward.
0: Gemini.
1: Geminis, um, certainly um, it's confusing for most Geminis or has been the last few years uh, in terms of where it is that they're going. Um, they're particularly affected by the Neptune Square, which, which although you know, um, is moving into the third decadent of the sign, uh, it's still very much a, um, a confusing time for Gemini. Um, But I think that um, there will be increasing clarity of mind and a certain sense of positive attitude that will emerge from a sort of perhaps drippier um, pessimism that has kept Gemini contained. Cancer. Cancer, it's a tough road, has been a tough road. It won't be as tough. Um, There's still, you know, for people who are born towards the end of the sign of a particularly difficult energy to deal with from Pluto, Uh, you know, Pluto's having a a conversation with their son that is difficult. I've had a number of clients with that that aspect who've had to face some pretty heavy things. Um, But it's not the way for everyone, and I think it's not the way for everyone, and everyone, every Cancer can take advantage of the transformative power of it to be able to balance their lives, and and establish uh, more security which is what cancer uh, is most uh, most fond of leo's leo's of the world well again like like their their aries brother again the greater clarity um although in this case leo is is um it's more about the uh it's more about Sort of have understanding the the it's how it fits into the bigger picture in terms of where it wants to go and what it wants to do. I think that uh you know Leo is in some ways, you know, constrained Bill who's you know who's still sort of being the spoiler for all the fun and, and stimulated by Uranus. So it's it, like all the fixed signs, it gets tied up in the, the, the square, the diminishing Saturn-Uranus square. So there's a certain, I would say, um, dynamic between, you know, let's be safe versus let's be free. Um, the truth is You can't be safe if you aren't free and you can't be free if you aren't safe. And that's finding that sort of balance for Leo.
0: So finding that balance uh, between safety and freedom is going to be important for the Leos out there.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And Virgo, what do you think is going to be up for them? Well,
1: Virgo, Virgo, uh, you know, has... um, the advantage of um, seeing itself from a jupiterian perspective with jupiter sweeping through the sign uh, through its opposite sign of pisces so there's there's great opportunity for self-reflection that isn't nearly as difficult as the kind of self-reflection that the leos are having to do the hard look at themselves it's a softer look at themselves for virgo Um, But still, they have to sort of contend with, um, you know, how well they can handle the Jupiterian energy Um, because it's it's fine when Jupiter is giving you blessings and making you giving you wisdom and making you a phenomenon. It's not so great when the lightning bolt is being thrown at you because of Virgo's really need to cultivate from this Jupiterian influence um with the help of you know the help of uranus and pluto on either side to um be able to uh shift transform and be buoyant about self it's really learning virgos of of all the signs need need buoyancy and need to need to build themselves up more libra well, Librans, you know, Librans for the large part are, uh, you know, are under good circumstances, those born in the later part of the sign may find it a little bit more tricky. Um, but, you know, Saturn, who is Libra's friend, as we know, is making nice aspects to the sign. So Librans in a position to be able to structure things the way they want. How they want, as long as they remain disciplined and are prepared to do the work. Often, often Saturn rewards us with greater responsibility. Right? Like that's that's often what Saturn gives to us. So it's um, it's important to for Libra to to uh, take care not to overcommit, um, not to be pushed into a position where um, they're doing more than they should. Um, but that they're advancing their goals and directives. Scorpio. Scorpio's uh, there's exciting fireworks in Scorpio, so expect some drama. Like you know, there's eclipses going on in your sign. Um, you know, but I think that that, that um, and Uranus is involved because it's a fixed sign, and and Saturn's involved because it's a fixed sign in Aquarius. And so yes, it's it's busy busy in Scorpio these days. Um, expect some tumult, some, but I think that Scorpio can persevere under these circumstances as long as it's prepared to go deeper, not just scratch the surface and find something nasty and say, oh, I should move on, but rather look deeper and, and, and find the road to compassion for self and others.
0: Sagittarius.
1: Sagittarius. Well, Sagittarius is, uh, is having a marvelous time uh, with Jupiter in, in Pisces. Um, maybe too good a time. Um, you know, a, a little too much fun um, for Sagittarius. Um, the party uh, will only get a little bit more with Jupiter going into Aries, um, particularly those born in the first decanate of the sign. Um, I think that uh, Sagittarius um, will need to manage, like Gemini, the the Neptunian energy of Pisces and all that's going on there. So there's a certain amount of finding perspective, finding context, finding how they connect into the greater meaning of life and where it's headed. Capricorn. Capricorn is in a place where there' continued um continue uh there's a continued flow to be able to revolutionize what they're doing to be able to move in the directions that they want to move in I think there's a lot of opportunities for capricorn to advance and to go forward in whatever route that they would choose for themselves and i think capricorn um capricorn just has to uh you know keep in mind that what they're doing is you know, and their great management and administrative capabilities are being used for the benefit of all, and not just for themselves. Because if it's not for, if it's just for themselves, then um, they'll lose themselves in the process. So it's it's good that there's all this stuff, but they need to be responsible about how they utilize it.
0: Aquarians.
1: Well, Aquarius, poor Aquarius. Aquarius has had a, a, a difficult time with Saturn marching through the sign, and, um, uh, and although it certainly has been the place of great hope for us when we had the, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius at the end of last year, um, I think that that um, for Aquarians um, it's important to keep to the keep to the road, keep to the Keep their keep to the grindstone. Do what it is that they need to do. Do the work that they need to do. The perversity of Saturn often is, is that when it comes along, the last thing we want to do is work. Um, but it's really it's important to to um, recognize with with the energies that are available to Aquarius that that things can be consolidated in a way and solidified um, while Saturn's in their sign, and and that's that's powerful energy if they're prepared to to drive it
0: and finally
1: pisces pisces is definitely going through uh, uh an expansion um it's you know with the conjunction happening the jupiter venus uh, neptune conjunction happening in the sign um there's there's um great optimism great hope and great forward momentum um, there in terms of pursuing the dream that is really important for them and there's a lot of support for it from other planetary players in the game such as um, Uranus and Pluto so I, I think that that Pisces is is in a good place as long as quality time to connect to the universe that's Neptune only works well when it's directed spiritually like it's Well, not only, but it's certainly one of the best ways is by tuning into source, whatever source is for you and finding, finding that operating from that place. And that's really important for Pisces generally. And that's really, really important when Neptune is transiting your sign, given that there's still, there's a lot of enthusiasm and opportunities. It's don't get too excited. It's, it's exciting, but it's, it's, it's it also can be you know jupiter can be kind of like it's coming it's coming it's coming what was that i don't know what that was you know it's like it's gone like jupiter is a is a shapeshifter and 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 um and disappears back into into the ethers after fertilizing something so uh, there's a great dream here that's being that's coming out of this Um, with ways to be able to honor that dream, pursue that dream and connect with that dream.
0: Michael Barwick, thank you so much for being here. You know how much I absolutely adore you and look at the stamina, look at the time you put in to talk to us about 2022 today. So thank you so much.
1: My pleasure, Nadia. Anytime, you know, you can get me on your channel. I adore our time together, both on screen and off. And I'm looking forward to to uh, connecting with you, um, perhaps in person um, in the new year. Um, certainly, um, there's the ESAR conference in, in Denver. Hopefully, that's going to be an in-person thing. So I'm hopeful that um, we'll be able to spend some quality time together and, and talk astrology, our favorite subject.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Michael. Uh, You'll be able to find Michael online. I will put his links in the description below. And thank you everybody out there for watching. And until we connect again, take care. As you know, I like to say, it'll be a great year. Enjoy. Bye.